This is episode seven of Pals with Bill Wadman, and I have my good friend Kent Miller here, uh, who's a photographer. See, you're an actual working photographer in a way that I'm not. Oh, come on. No, okay, no, no, no. You're a working photographer at an even higher level than I'm at. No way, man. <laughs> you're killing it right now. Look at all the good stuff you're doing. Yeah, but you're no working. How, how many days a week do you actually have a camera in your hands taking pictures? For a client or for myself? <laughs> for, for, for a client. Let's talk client. Um... On the busy months, four or five days a week. Right. On the slow months, three times a month. Oh, it really varies that much? It varies that much, yeah, for sure. Is it, and then you, you do a lot of, I mean, you, you do all kinds of stuff. See, I shoot portraits, right? You know, it's like I sit yeah. there, I take pictures of people, a setting like this, but I'm with a camera and not with a microphone, and we're talking and I'm taking pictures of you. That's what I do. I do it for magazines. I do some commercial work. Occasionally, I do some more artsy looking commercial stuff for sure. You do all kinds of stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but I definitely enjoy it for my own personal headspace. Cause it, cause it breaks it up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So give us, cause a lot of people who, who don't know your work, <laughs> what, what kind of stuff do you do? What do you shoot? I shoot, um, celebrity events. I shoot, um, corporate events. I shoot, some architectural type things. I do interior visuals um, yeah. for large corporations. I do portraits. I do headshots. I do dance. I do music. Um, long lenses from far away kind of stuff? I, I love the long lens, yeah. yeah. Although I have to say the newest lens that I just got is a 21 millimeter for the Leica. And, uh, 21 I'm, full frame, that's wide. I'm pretty in love with it, yeah. It's awesome. It's a different way of, of looking at things. Yeah, I mean, I, it's pretty cool. I still don't like to get that close to people unless it's uh, unless I'm invited, so to speak, like sure. like a portrait type thing where I'm invited to do a portrait of someone. Um, I'm not a street photographer guy that can just walk up to get somebody and get right in their face like that. I don't know. I feel a little embarrassed about it or whatever it ha- the case may be, but but it's not it's not something. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy doing. I don't really like being that close and in personal space of other people. Right. Although from a distance, I have no problem with it. Yeah, that's, you know. <laughs> if I put the 300 millimeter on or something, I got no problem being right there. <laughs> 300 millimeters. I just, I, I've never owned anything longer. Than, I think the longest, le- I owned a 70 to 200 once and I never oh, used yeah. it and sold it. Wow, oh, that's right. Yeah, you don't And that really was, that, that was long. I, I, everything I shoot is 28, 35, 50. Now I, I bought a 120 macro, which is like a 90 on my camera, so it's not even you know that long. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say even on and on the format that you're using, that's not that's not long at all. No, it's not that long. Uh, it's just a completely different way of looking at. It. But I'm always two three feet away from somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not two three hundred feet away from somebody. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like um, what a long lens does. I, I like the compression. I sure. Like, I like you know the out of focus. Boca, bouquet. But you didn't. Buka. You didn't start out wanting to be a photographer. No, I, I started out uh, as a musician, a drummer. I came to New York to play drums. Where'd you grow up? Pennsylvania. Right. How far out? Um, just outside of a little town called Pottsville, home of Yingling Brewery. Oh yeah. So were you drinking beer at a young age? Uh, of course, everyone did. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it was like three dollars a case. So I mean, was it really that cheap? It was dirt cheap. Yeah. For locals or yeah. anybody who drove through if they wanted? Uh, no, I, I mean, well, first of all, you, you couldn't just 
drive through and grab one at the you know mini mart like you can here. Yeah, um, you had to go to a beer distributor or a liquor store. They were the only two places you could buy alcohol. Oh, okay. I think I don't know. Maybe they've changed that now. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you would go to a beer distributor. You wouldn't buy a six pack. You'd buy the whole case. Right. You'd buy a whole case for like six bucks. And you, and you, so you came to New York. How old were you? 1988. I was probably 21, give or take. Okay. 22. What were most. you doing between high school and then? Trying to get to New York. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Playing in bands, racing BMX. Uh, you know. Were you a good BMX rider? Uh, I think I was pretty good. I made it to you know third nationally mostly. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Ah, surprise. What, uh, were you talking, uh, uh, like, um, track stuff or tricks or what were you, what was your thing? It was BMX racing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, I love to do jumps like dirt jumps that they do now, but not to the level they do now, man. People yeah. absolutely had it. I was talking now. to somebody the other day about skateboarding and you know, I, I was a uh, into skateboard. I wasn't that great skateboarder. I was in a BMX too. had a nice little mongoose Californian with tough two wheels, uh, but love it. But I was in a skateboard too, right? But but back what people were doing back in the 80s, the Bones Brigade and all those guys, you know, like Hawk and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did a 540. Oh, they did a 720. Now there's like 15-year-old kids doing 900s and like what? How many times can you spin? Yeah. Just spin. It's like Barishnikov <laughs> and White Knights, right? It's <laughs> just spin. like, just, you know, they come Get a down. little higher, get a little faster and spin more. That's it. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but it's just a completely different game than it it's, used to be. Yeah. Even like, uh, the last time I, I was involved in dirt jumping is up the, the gaps that they are clearing now is wow. It's massive. The jumps are so much higher. They're two story buildings basically. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They're massive. My stuff was not that massive. I mean, I used to jump cars and stuff, but not bike. <laughs> those bikes. I are, like 30 of them. Those bikes seem really <laughs> small nowadays. They're really small, but they're really, uh, they're much heavier than the ones we had. Oh, really? Yeah. What'd they change? Uh, they're, they had to take this beating. Oh, so the, okay. the metal itself, is, they're all thicker. I mean, I had bought one a couple of years back thinking I would, I would start to ride that again. And of course, that's not going to happen. But, right. but I bought one and I was amazed at how bigger the dropouts were, how much beefier, how, how much heavier the, the frame. bike was in, yeah, the frame in general. Plus, the geometry was completely different than when your mongoose or mongoose. You feel completely touch. different to, to ride? Completely different, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I really didn't dig it. So, I mean, I just, it sat in, in, uh, in the, the room for, I don't know, seven, eight years, and then I sold it. <laughs> so, you were doing that, you were playing drums, you were hardcore bands, right? What would you call it? Yeah, well, 80s rock, man. Oh, it was? Yeah, it was mostly 80s rock back then. <clears throat> like hair metal kind of stuff? Yeah, hair metal, um, covers, you know, playing in bars and stuff was the only thing I could do in Pennsylvania back. I mean, we were all going to be rock stars, but of course that didn't really happen either. Anybody in your crew end up becoming a rock star? No, not really. Uh-uh. Everybody stayed the, stayed the course of, you know, bar bands and things like that. And then, you know. So you come to New York with, with, a, with a pair of drumsticks and a dream. Pretty much. I, I had a drum set and um, a van. I had sold my car and everything else just to, to, I sold everything just to come here. So that's what I did. And then uh, I played in bands and played in studios, doing little jingles and recording jingles and things like that. Taking pictures. Uh, I had nothing to do. I mean, you know the scene here. You you go in, you set up at 3.30 in the afternoon 
Yeah. And then you sit around and wait to play. And sometimes we wouldn't play until two in the morning. Right. You know, you'd, you'd set up, you'd be the later one to come in and set up, but that was what, eight o'clock? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you'd sit around for five hours. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd either drink beer and couldn't play by the time you got there, right. or you found something else to do. Or you well, leave and you come back before your call time. Yeah. Or you you do that, right. Um, so I had nothing to do, so I started taking pictures. Really? Okay. And that's that's what started madness. I mean, we, I started we, taking pictures of, of my friends' bands and people, who whoever was on stage. It didn't matter who it right. was. And shooting film back in the day when stage lights were not that bright. I mean, nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, you shoot a 32, 6400, still looks okay. You know, we had. What'd you do? Uh, I had thirty two hundred, man. That was the, yeah. that was the fastest black and white film that I had. Right, Ilford. No, the Kodak. Kodak made P thirty two. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It was and, Kodak. And just use the natural light. And we, yeah, just use whatever light was there. I mean, uh, the good thing is, I, I, I had. Um, it was like ninety three, I guess. Somewhere around there when, when uh, Nikon, it's, I've always been Nikon. They, they had a superior flash system back sure. then compared to most. But so they came out with a flash that could do rear curtain sync. Okay, yeah, sure. And, um, and it was adjustable and you could do things. So now all of a sudden I could do like a three-stop under little pop in these dingy little clubs. Yep. And, you know, people saw it, but it wasn't as annoying as like what we were doing in the beginning with a Vivitar 283 and just yeah, blasting pow, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I, I started doing a little bit of Phil Flash type things, um, sort of like McNally-esque, sure. you know, that kind of thing. And, and that was cool. I had something different to do. But, you know, the industry still didn't really accept that it wasn't just stage lighting. So okay. I got some play out of it, but all in all, most people just wanted stage lighting. They just it, wanted to see what it really looked like. So how long between, in that period where you're playing drums and then you're shooting a little bit, was there a point at which the two flip-flopped? Yeah, the mid-90s. Okay, so it took years. You were playing for years, shooting oh, yeah. sort of for yourself and then maybe for some other bands. Oh, we'll give you a couple yeah. hundred bucks, take pictures at our show, that kind of Head thing. Headshots for a hundred bucks, you know. That's, yeah, yeah, that's sure. Back, you know, and it cost you A bunch of guys looking with leather on, you know. <laughs> that's how it was. Wait, I mean, $25? It cost you like 25 bucks for the film to get the, you know, shoot a roll and get it developed. You right, know? yeah. So you were making 75 bucks. Yeah, but you're talking about 1994. Or Rent five. was six bucks a month or whatever. My whole apartment was 650 bucks. Right. Yeah. So you do four or five of those things in a month. That's yeah. Rent. Plus, I, at that time, I was still playing in bands. I had um, I had gotten a day job painting cars for a, a little bit. Really. And um, you know, I made it all work. But we, you know, when you're that young, you don't really need much sleep. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I would go out, I would come back from the day job. I'd sleep for a couple hours. I'd get up at 11 o'clock at night. I'd go into the city. Yeah. Um, you know, hang out for a couple hours, go back home, sleep, get up at seven, go to work. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you could do that. It didn't matter. If I did that now, I'd, you'd have to call somebody. So where did, where did, the, where did the bug come from? How did, you, how did you get obsessed with photography? Because, you know, um, you, you fell deep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, true. I, I started... Like in, I don't know what year it was, early 90s, let's yeah. say, um, I was shooting exactly like I just described, basically just hanging out. We didn't go on our shooting clubs and stuff. And a girl was there that was writing about one of the bands. And she said, hey, you know, I don't have a photographer here. Um, 
I see you've you've photographed these guys. I'm I'm writing an article on them. Would you mind if I took a look at the film when you get it back? Yeah, <laughs> oh, so cute. <laughs> Isn't that great? The Dude, old days. Can you call me next week? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I was like, sure, that'd be awesome. So you know, back then, uh, I mostly shot slide film, even in this this kind of situation, Oof. which was a disaster ninety percent of the time. But when you nailed it, man, it was awesome. You know, when the light, if it was a club that I knew and I, I shot there before, I could sort of gauge the lighting a little bit better. Enough light and you push it a stop or two. and For sure. For sure. Um, so I would do that. I, I developed all the stuff. I went to her office. She, I handed her a, this envelope full of film, <laughs> slides after slides after slides. Um, she looks through it all. She buys three pictures, runs them in the magazine. And I, I was like, hey, this, this might be something cool. This, you can get paid to do this. This is amazing. Um, I didn't even know photography was a, a thing before, yeah. you know, when I was in Pennsylvania, I had no idea. I remember, you know, trying it in high school, I guess, maybe, you know, the, the darkroom class. Sure. And that was about it. Yeah. So, but at least you had that. A lot of people didn't even have that, right? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do it. I had no interest. Right. It didn't, it didn't sink in at all. Didn't so care. it wasn't, it wasn't the, Oh, look at these results I got out of it. It was the actual action of standing and hanging out with the bands and taking the pictures that you were into or a combination of the two? It was mostly hanging out, yeah. Okay. I mean, I didn't really do um, black and white even at that time. I shot mostly all color. Um, people ask me, you know, did I start in black and white? Actually, no, I went the other way. Yeah. I started in color and now I shoot black and white. Yeah. Only in your old age are you shooting black and white film. It's absolutely out of control. It's so backwards. <laughs> I, I'm amazed. You but, know, I just didn't feel... At that time, I, I always said, you know, the world's in color. Yeah. W why would I want to shoot black and white? Right, right. Of course, now I know why. But then, I, that's what I did. So I, I would abuse the hell out of the film. I would take, you know, 400-speed film and push it four stops. And yeah. just, just... And it would take it. Trash would take it. it. I mean, it would get super grainy and contrasty, but that's kind of what you wanted. This wasn't trash. This was color film. Oh, color film. Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. So I would it, would just, some, it would block up and do all kinds of crazy stuff. It would stuff. do all kinds of crazy stuff. Or I, I would push cool. it three stops and cross process it. Right, right, right. And just beat it. And hard. if you have tinted lighting on stage, it's not like you're going to get any accurate, whatever the hell accurate means, color well, or anyway. it was, The good thing back then is um, it was all tungsten lights, basically. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't have the mixture that we have now with all the LEDs right. and, and this, that, and the other thing. Um, Were you shooting tungsten film? Not usually, no. Okay. So it would end up coming out really warm. Yeah, it would always be warm. Yeah. Okay. But it was kind of a thing where you were used to seeing that because that's what you actually saw when you were there. Right, yeah. So yeah. it was accepted. Yeah. Um, and tungsten film didn't go anywhere close to the speeds that we needed in you know, New sure. York City underground clubs. Did you, uh, have you looked at any of those pictures uh, yeah, later? Man. I just looked at some two weeks ago. And? I've been looking through them. Um, I screwed up an awful lot. <laughs> an awful lot. I think there were a lot of film photographers, and we'll get it into this more. rather amazing. Time. Yeah, who I think thought they were better than they were. Oh my were. God, did I think I was way better. <laughs> yeah. So much better. I yeah, thought I was a photographer. Really? Yeah. This is awful. Yeah. This would be unacceptable if you shot it now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. If you shot it now, people would look at you and say, do you know how to use the camera at all? Right. Yeah. But also, the cameras now are- Yeah, do so much more for you. <sighs> what, what were Just, you shooting with back then? Nikon what? Um, an FG. 
Okay. Um, and Which one's then, the FG? Is that because I know there's the the F one two three four five right? What's the FG? It's like a F FA or FG. It's just a silver bodied thirty five yeah. millimeter no frills like a camera. Canon A one yeah. or a, you know yeah. Pentax K one thousand something like that. Yeah, basic as basic could be. Okay, and and so when I started actually wanting to do this a little more, and I thought you know this is pretty cool, you know seeing what what the results are and things like that. Uh, I bought a D four S, not a D four F four S. Okay. In 1990, I don't know, one, two, something like that. The F4 was the hotness. You could it change was the hotness. The, you could change the, the, uh, the viewfinder to a waist you, level if you, you wanted do to. You could so much. Um, it was a, a little camera store called Executive Photo, I think, something like that. Where was that? White Plains. <clears throat> you were, oh, you went up to White Plains and yeah. got it? Yeah. I think that's where it was. Yeah. And, um, so I blew the bank. That was sixteen hundred dollars, which was the equivalent of thirty five hundred or four grand it, it now. Was all the money I had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you had you had a little bit of Nikon glass, it, so you had. Some, I had a lens, a fifty. No, a variable thirty five to one something or other. Oh, really? That went from three five to four or four. So you were shooting in the dark, not even with a fast lens. Nope. Okay. <laughs> My fastest lens I had bought a twenty four millimeter two eight which I still have. Wow. Okay. So you, so, so you get the F4. Did that change your world or no? Completely. It was autofocus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the darkness, it was okay. Autofocus. Even, well, you know, you had to figure out where to put the focus. It didn't have like 6,000 focus points like we put do now. Put it on now. the bright guy's face or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I still shoot like that. But it's I still, have all these points. I always use the center one and yeah, I, I, I recompose. Mean, I'm one of those guys. That's what we do. Yeah, I do it a lot. I do it a lot. Oh, with the rangefinder, you kind of have to because it's right in the center anyway. Right. So you know, we can we'll get back to your story in a second. But I wanted to ask you about this. Do you think that you've been shooting now for thirty years? Mm, wow. Yeah. Sorry, did I just hurt? Did that hurt? Man, <laughs> you've been shooting for thirty years. You've you've been through film stuff. You've been through the digital transition. You're an advocate of sort of the more retro back to analog stuff, which we'll get to in a little while. Do you feel like the skills you learned in the beginning, do you feel like photography, I feel this way, do you feel like photography has changed in a way that you're now one of the old timers who does it the old timer way? Uh, I get that feeling all the time now. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Especially when you see, when you go out now and there's no viewfinder. Mm -hmm. People don't look through the or camera. Or they have an SLR anymore. and they're they using the back screen. Yeah. They just look at it. I mean, I get it to some extent. I mean, that's what we do with our cell phones. Right. You get used to that sort of thing. Um, but coming from a, a place where you put your eye up to the camera and it removes everything from around you and you're concentrating on what you're seeing through this little peephole. Yeah. And your vision is, you know, blinded, basically. I mean, yep. you're, you, you're, you're concentrating on this one little spot. I think it takes your mind away from all the stuff that's around you and, and your brain starts to concentrate on, you know, what's in the viewfinder. What are you really including in this picture? Yeah. It's, it's not quite, I don't know. It's not quite the same for me. Um, I do know some people that are, my wife can take an amazing iPhone picture. Sure. I can't do it that way. I yeah. just don't have, I, I don't see it the same way. When I look at the iPhone and take a picture, I see everything all around it. I see the whole thing. 
I can't get it straight. <laughs> the compositions don't look as good for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. But maybe it's just a mind block for me. But she can make it look amazing every time. Yeah. And I've seen many other people now that are really, really good at that. So it's kind of natural that the cameras you know, that are coming out now are very similar to that. You look at the back of the screen... I mean, yeah, some of them have eyepieces, you know. Yeah. But even if they do, it's a little screen inside the eyepiece. It is now, yeah, for sure. Right, which yeah. is just a different, just different way of looking at it. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have, um, for the Leica, I have, back when the Olympus Pen came out, remember there was mm-hmm. a little electronic viewfinder? Yep. yep. I have yeah. one of those. And it's it works on this camera. So the cool thing is, um, I was going to buy, I bought this 21 millimeter while the viewfinder doesn't, C21. Too wide. Yeah, it's too wide. But the electronic viewfinder does. It sees what it sees through the lens. Yeah. So um, I pop it on there just for for composition. I can't focus with it, but... Yeah, I can't see the difference, honestly. So then you're, just, yeah, you're looking here, you're looking, you're looking yeah. at one thing, you're looking but at the other. But it would be if focus. you had a regular viewfinder on it. True. Because the, the regular viewfinders that, like, I like a viewfinder that's 500 bucks. Yeah. It doesn't, you don't focus through yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It's just, just for just composition. Although not that you really need to worry about focus all that much at 21 millimeters. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> F8, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're like taking something that's really... Yeah, I don't know, really close and you're trying to focus from infinity. I don't know. So, so, so you, you buy the fancy camera, you start shooting autofocus, it's a whole mm-hmm. new world. And you fall in with the, you've kind of, you became friends with a lot of the Nikon guys. Yeah, back in the- in <clears> that How'd that time. happen? Um, well, I, when I decided that this was really going to work, um, that I could probably, you know, make a career of this. Um, and, you know, music is music. You're a musician as well. You know that, yeah. you know, the career level in that is- yeah. As hard yeah. as it is to make a living in photography, it's even harder. It's in even music. harder in music. Yeah. And now I think it's way worse because yeah. you know, now music is just like a commodity, like like most of our stuff. Right. Um, but uh, I started, you know, I started uh, assisting. Okay. And and I I said okay, well, if I'm gonna do this, you know, a how do I quit my job? Because I can't play, work, and do this. It just, it can't happen. So um, the job had to go because, you know, that's what has to go first anyway, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I quit that, cold turkey, and, and started assisting. And that's how I met uh, Joe McNally. Sure. That's how I met everyone. I just, the cool thing about assisting is, you know, you assist one person. If you're, if it's a big enough production, there's usually you know, multiple assistants for a second, third. Right. So, so if you're further down the totem pole and then they yeah. recommend you to somebody who maybe it's not as quite as big of a thing. It's for sure. Another step up. And that's yeah. exactly it. So they, they're, they get called for a job. They're like, Oh no, man, I'm, I'm busy, but I know this great guy. You give him a call. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. then, you know, next thing you know, you're getting calls from people you, you have no idea who they are, but it's a job. Even so more so go back check then? it out. It was completely by that way. I mean, we had no cell phones. Right. That's true. We had, I, I, in, Halfway through, I had a pager, but yeah. we all had pagers. So whoever answered the call first yeah. got the job usually. Which is so not you that had to different than a lot of people say nowadays. Oh, well, you have to have your phone because, oh, you know, oh, it's so cutthroat now. If they email three people in the first one, it's the same thing with phone calls. Absolutely, back in the day. same thing. Whoever answers first. And the reason being is if you're a photographer, if you're hiring an assistant, yep. you want this off your plate. 
You got yeah. other stuff to concentrate yeah. on. The production. I need to find an assistant for the shoot. Yeah. Let's get it go. done. Yeah. Whoever answers, they're good. Yeah. And you just I mean, want are, to get it over with. There are and people I work with way. that I don't have to, th- you know, like if oh, I'm well, doing yeah, something bigger and Dan helps me out or whatever it is, it's like I can turn around and Dan's handing me the thing that I was about to ask him for because yeah. we're on the same level. For sure. We're thinking the same way. We do think the same way. We've talked for hundreds of hours on our own podcast in the past. Yeah, of course. Know? So it's that kind of thing. But in yeah. general, it's just like I need somebody to hold the light and make listen to what I have to say. Yeah. <clears throat> you need somebody with a brain. Yeah. Enough to do the job to yeah. help you out. Now, what were the rates for assisting back in the day? Um, one fifty and one seventy five. Okay, this is like mid late nineties. Yep. Okay, so yep. not that much less than <laughs> certainly not like a third of what it is today. Not that much less. Right. I mean, now what do we pay? Two fifty to four hundred, yeah. depending day, on yeah. what, the, what the gig is. Yeah. Right. Uh, did you enjoy the assisting or did it seem like a means to an end? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> I enjoyed it because you get to see what everyone else does. Yeah. And I love that part of it. I love to see how five different people do the same job. Like you, you if you, if you, somebody hires you to do a portrait and hires me to do a portrait, of the exact experience. same people in the exact same space yep. with the exact same lights, it won't look the same. No. It just won't. Yeah. And that was the coolest thing. That's part of what I miss now, actually. I don't get to really, I mean, I do my own thing. Yeah. I don't really see what other people do anymore. Yeah. I, I, was, I, when I was in uh, London doing a shoot a few weeks ago, and uh, I had this local assistant, this kid, Ollie. Hi, Ollie, if you're listening. Um, and after the shoot, I said to him, uh, you know, you assist a lot of people. I never assist anybody. I said, do I do anything wrong or, you know, yeah. what do I do? That's this really, right. This do, I work? Do, do I do something different than other people? <laughs> why do we all question ourselves? Why? And he why? says, he says, he looks at me and he says, you talk way more than any other photographer I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And, and, and I said, so Oh true. man, is that a bad thing? And he said, he said, no, actually, it was kind of impressive that you could actually keep a conversation while doing your job. Yeah. But for me, that's, that's my game plan. Right, Is right. to keep you talking and thinking, and we're doing this conversation. You're not thinking about the fact that I have a camera in my hands and I'm taking pictures of you. Yeah. That's sort of how I get what I get, which is maybe why my pictures look different than another person's, right? Yeah, for they, sure. They do something completely different. That's how they get their pictures. Yep. Um, yep. <clears throat> but I never had any of that. You must have learned gobs of stuff from all these guys everything right i'm completely self-taught everything i've ever done has been self-taught and is it were some photographers more open to answering questions while you were doing stuff than others like if you you know you're with one person and you say wait how do you have that you know what is what do you what do you what's your shutter speed that you're doing for this thing oh yeah yeah yeah. of course most of them the bigger bigger they were the less questions they answered but they had a first assistant the first assistant would answer the first assistant would tell you what the game was and it was all film back then too. Right. There was no Polaroids. So you also test. shot Polaroids and we would write on them. You know, you would keep notes. You'd write on the Polaroid what all the settings were. Oh, okay. And then we'd go around and look at all the packs and make sure we wrote down all the settings of each pack and where the lights were and measured from subject to to 
you know, right. softbox or whatever right. you were using. And you start seeing, oh, they're always shooting at 125th or 180. Exactly. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he always shoots at 5.6, and so yeah. we're going to start shooting at 5.6, right? Yeah, we, we would, I mean, it, get, it got to be pretty repetitive. I remember uh, I, I was watching a Masterclass. I have one of those. I have a subscription oh, cool. Masterclass because they advertised on OTP back in the day. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I watched the whole Annie Leibovitz one recently. And one of the things she said was that back in the film days, a lot of times the best shot would be the Polaroid you did as the test and a you'd be chasing times. the Polaroid the whole time. For sure, man. Was that, that was, so that's true. And you, you felt the same way. I've been going to, I still have boxes of those Polaroids. Yeah. From all kinds of things that I did back then. Cause it's, it's fresh. The person just sits down. Uh, yeah. It just it feels. Or it's just a, t- a lighting test and you would play, um, you would, you know, the light would be too bright. You'd blow, you'd blow half it apart or you would be too dark. It'd give you this like really crazy mood thing, but I saved all those. I still have all of them. Well, vast majority, a lot of them. Yeah. So what we do now with digital is you can, you can push the envelope, so to speak, but you see the results right away. We didn't do that because it was film and the client was watching you and you had to get the shot, you gotta get the shot. You had to get the safe shot, the shot they're paying for. So you didn't really like, play very much but that polaroid was set up so it didn't matter so you could mess around so you could mess around so what happened was you would get these cool shots and you just say oh it's too bright or oh it's too dark and you'd try and get that neutral shot that would matter for right. the film and then um all those polaroids would just go into a box or you'd give them to the model or you'd give them to the client or whatever yeah, yeah. i was at uh jamie zell's place once before he sold it the big, oh man the big i was place. never inside Oh yeah, I got a tour and I, I got to actually just walk around. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It was. Was it as cool as it looked? Uh, like from pictures, it's and cool. Stuff? It was weird. There's a. I mean, there's just tons of stuff. There was an entire floor full of rooms full of tools. Oh wow! So you walk in and it's just files <laughs> on tables, and there's like five files all identical sitting it's next to each other. It's not like you didn't have a little bit of space. Yeah, but it's a, it was a little bit of like an OCD. Like I just have a lot of stuff and I organize it in a very sp- particular way. Man. Um, but anyway, down in the basement, it was an old bank building. And so there was the original bank vault from 1880, whatever, Freak. 1920 or whatever. So that's where he kept everything. And you walk in and, you know, up on the wall, and you probably dealt with this with McNally hanging out with him for all those years. It's like up on the wall is 1987 SI swimsuit L. McPherson. And oh, there's yeah. the box with the original slides that oh. he shot of some magazine that I had when I was a teenager. You that's, know what I mean? Yeah. that's. And it's that's like, wait, cool those thing. are the original shots of that famous shot of El McPherson or whatever it is. Like, that's the box that the original slide is in. Yep. It's right there. Yep. And, you know, the walls full of these boxes of everything you could imagine that it was some, you know, big famous thing that he shot. But in the it, out in the hallway were clear uh, garbage bags of like big, you know, uh, uh, construction ones, you know, like mm-hmm. the contractor bags yeah, yeah. full of slides, just trash, just trash, you know, just, you know, the, the outtakes, the, the stuff that didn't work. Cause you can't, I mean, with slides, you can't keep them. I mean, if you're shooting a guy like him or whatever it is, you, you'd need an entire house just to hold the, the slides. Mm-hmm. You got to call every once in a while mm-hmm. and they would call it. It would just be these things. You just put them in shredders, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And go through them. Yeah. I used to sit there on the floor with the scissors and cut them in half. Right. That's what I, I would be hired sometimes. That was the third assistant, assistant job? Yeah. But I would just literally sit on the floor and cut stuff in half. What were they worried about? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe somebody all would that see money, it. All those chemicals. Oh, my 
Yeah, and it was a lot, dude. A lot. Box after box. Because you'd, you'd box shoot E6, you'd go box. get it processed, come back after lunch, look at what yeah, you in had. in the city here, you, it, you could get it back in two, two hours maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah. We would do clip tests and, and get them in an hour. Just they, we'd, we'd messenger it over, boom. An hour and a half later, the doorbell rings and, you know, the guy's at the door with a clip test. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it was fantastic. Now, you, the digital version of this, and this is where you and I differ a little bit, you're way more of a pack rat than I am when it comes to files. Oh, yeah. I have everyone. You keep everything? Everything. You shoot raw or JPEG? Raw. So you have all these raw files of everything you've ever shot, and you shoot, A, way more than I do number of shoots. B, you shoot way more shots per shoot. What do, you, what, what do you think, I guess my question is, what do you think you're going to do with some out-of-focus shot of some woman at an event at Macy's? You know what I mean? Yeah, nothing. You're right. So, I mean, so what, you know is, what, the, what is? is the thought process? Well, the thought process is I'm too lazy. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's honestly what it is. Yeah. When I go through them, I'm, I look for the heroes, and then I stop. It's the last time I look at it. it just so you, don't, on, you it, don't do like an iterative call? Nope. Okay. I go yeah. through it once. I pick the ones I want. Those go into a selects folder. That's all that gets processed. The other stuff sits in the folder it got downloaded in. That's where it is. And, and then that lives on, 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 uh, on the RAID until the RAID gets full. And then I offload the RAID into, uh, onto whatever the largest hard drives are that I have at the time. Right now, I'm still using four terabyte drives. So I'd, I'd load up four terabytes and then I'd clone it. So I have eight terabytes of the same exact stuff. Right. So, so that, and that might be archive 23 A and B or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. It's, okay. the, it's whatever the date is that I open the, the package of the, of the hard drive. How do you go find something if you, if do you have some sort of system of organizing so you can, you yeah, I have a program that scans the entire drive and, and because everything that I import now all has keywords, um, I can search by keyword. If I want to find Beyonce, I can search Beyonce into just type it into my. And it'll tell thing. you, oh, it's drive 16 or whatever. Precisely, yep. And so in total, have you ever added up how much space you're using? I have not, but I have two of those big 1600, ter- uh, 1600 um, Pelicans okay. filled with drives, and I have another one that's about full. So wow. I probably have easily over 100 terabytes. Right. Where everything I've ever shot is I could fit, including on backblaze, right? Inclu- well, yeah, including layered TIFFs, maybe 15 terabytes. Mm-hmm. Everything I've ever shot. Now, you've been shooting longer than me, so that makes sense too. Oh, that's not the film. That's just right. the digital. Where's this, you know, the film is all in boxes. The film in- is all in boxes in my house. Wow. And on CDs, DVDs. Yeah. I have hundreds of DVDs, hundreds. And I've been trying to get stuff off of them. You know how bad a DVD sucks now? Oh, yeah. They, Give they, it a shot. Yeah. You will tear your hair out to wait for that data to get off that DVD now. Yeah. What we used to think was like, oh, man, look, it's right, it's right here. I can just get. Yeah. You, now you're like, oh. Geez. You just need to pull all that off and oh. just put it on a few big drives. Um, I have been, I have been uh, contemplating some of those things. I am working on something now where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about putting a book together. So I'm going to probably take everything that's celebrity-based at least and pull it all off of those and onto, well, probably a RAID first, but after right. that, I'll probably divide it into hard drives. I always keep two, usually one's, you know, at one spot and one's at another spot. Yeah. Unfortunately, right now, they're all at the same spot because 
I don't have my storage unit anymore. I right. had a storage unit in the city here, and when I moved to to Westchester, I still had the storage unit. So I had them broken up between house and and studio. Yeah, um, when I had the studio here as well. But now, the house and the and the, and the studio office is all in the same spot. So right. I don't have a separate location. I, um, although I do think about that way too much. There are all these. There's all these things that people didn't. I don't think people think about just the amount of stuff you end up with, especially in film photography. Just, you just, I, friends who I know, well, you saying that I have a lot of stuff. No, I could fill your apartment. If I, you would see the, Oh, you've been to my house. I've been to your house. Yeah. yeah. I could fill your apartment. Right. Yeah. With contact sheets and sheets full of negatives and yeah. slides and whatever. Yeah, You didn't even see it all. There's some of it. That's my dad's house in Pennsylvania. My friend, Randy Duchesne, who uh, is a really nice guy, photographer, uh, had when I first met him, I think he had 16, two or three drawer, you know, file wow. cabinets full of, full of film. I wish mine were that organized. And he called and he called and he called, he's down to, I think two now, right? Oh, he sweet. Had, you know, so he just, he's just been throwing crap out and just, you know, getting down to what he needs. And, and ultimately he, he should just do really, really high res scans of these. It's uh, like, no. when is he going to go back to No, that? you shouldn't. No. Uh-uh. You just hold on to those forever. Yeah. Film is the most important thing, and the reason being is as long as you take care of the film, you can rescan it. Technologies get look look. If you did made a back in the day when we thought the Epson or not Epson, the Nikon Cool Scan sure. four thousand came out, we yep. were all like, "Holy moly, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life." Look at the resolution. Well, look now. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally different thing. What you can scan right. at now for three hundred dollars is equally as good as that. Yeah. So now when you get a really good scan, it's quadruple, but you can rescan it because you you have the film. Yeah. But you can't even get these, like scanners are, I can buy one. They still make a lot of these things. Yeah. Cause you know, I used a, you can uh, still buy them. Even an Epson 800 (laughs) or 850 now is still available for, I mean, it's not a thousand dollars and that's, that'll do my, my five by sevens. That'll do eight by 10 negative and positive. Man, I scanned a, I scanned something in an Imicon. Yeah. That's the way to fly. My Lord. Those are still 10 grand. Yeah. Right. And should be. They're specialist tools. Yeah. But it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But look at that quality. Even compared to the quality that we had back then, that was $50,000. Right. That $10,000 Imicon now is, is better than that. Right. And, you know, but I look at the files that come out of my digital and I go, I, nothing I've ever scanned, even on my Hasselblad, looks is, that good. Looks this good. Mm. You know, so then I go, you need to try ah. harder. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. All right. So do you. The, the, per, the point of that is, yeah. you've gone back to your digital files and reprocess them now. That and I you have can done. see the difference. Sure. But that's where, just because I'm a better processor and, and well, no, but software's better and I'm better. Software's better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. And if you had a piece of film and now the software is better, you can get a better do you, result. Do you think that you're okay? So you, you shot digital for years. You were there when the original, was it the D one, I guess. The, it, yeah. I, Nikon yeah. came out. Yep. The original the first, Nikon the first medium format was a, was a, um, uh, Sinar two three. Okay, and I think it cost the studio between a computer, which was a G four back then, maybe sure the gray one. No, it was a tower. Yeah, the gray tower. Was it a gray tower? The blue is the G three. The G four was gray. No, oh, dude, I don't remember. Okay, That's brain dead. Anyway, the the computer, the monitor, and the, and the back 
We had to get a, a new camera because yeah. didn't. It and you're only shooting tethered. It was only tethered. It was firewire connected. No, probably. it was that firewire. weird light wire, that weird proprietary wire that they had. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was like a fiber wire. Oh. Um, so you a, had to have a special card that went in. You had a computer. card bus card or whatever the hell For it was sure, back yeah. then. Okay. That was 50 grand. And, and it was four looked. and a half megapixels. Did it look good? It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. All of a sudden we could do things that we would never have done with film. Because you, you wouldn't you could, have spent the money, but yeah. you wouldn't have done it because you had to the be turnaround safe is too slow, yeah. and you had to, yeah. you know, you didn't experiment to the same level where with this, we could literally just, whatever, it's only pixels. Yeah. Yeah. You could just go to the opposite ends of it and, and blow stuff apart, make fuzzy backgrounds, you know, big bright backlit stuff that you would never have tried. You know, I mean, we, we shouldn't say never, but we didn't do it as frequently. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be very careful to be one quarter stop over yeah, white just to, sure. you know, and that would be the thing. And you'd sit there with a spot meter like for you sure. still do. Yeah. And you know, like I still do. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but so it's pretty it, bad, right? But did you, did you fall in love with that stuff at that point or? Yeah. With, that was, that was really when I got bit hard. Yeah. Yeah. But it also means that people start shooting more. Um, a lot more. Yeah. For instance, yeah. All of the hard drives I have. Yeah. yeah you're, for sure. You're, your average shoot now, if you go out with your Nikon D810 or whatever the Jeez, hell you I'll have. I'll do a hundred pictures on the Leica today, just coming over here to visit you. Really? Yeah, man. So it work. It's hundreds and hundreds it's and hundreds, thousands. Hundreds, thousands usually. God, that's so insane. I just never, I just if don't I can, If I way. can do a job that's under a thousand shots, I'm good. I mean, if it's a portrait or something, obviously not. You wear out shutters? I've replaced four of them. In my Nikons. That's actually not bad over the course of X years, the yeah. amount that you use them. Yeah, I beat the hell out of them. <laughs> but do you, do you think sure. that going that- But they're great. I mean, Nikon, I mean, all the pro cameras now, Nikon, they're Canon, machines. whatever. Yeah, they're serious it's, pro machines. It's amazing, yeah. It's not like the old days. Do you think that the, the fact that you have to shoot so much in your day job, quote unquote, with digital and you're shooting lots of pictures, is that part of why you've fallen back in love with shooting film? It- yeah, probably. I mean, like, for instance, doing the portrait of you, I shot, what, four sheets of film? Right. <laughs> if that would have been just digital, I'd have shot 400. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> because we, you know, I mean, you do, you do a lot of different things. When you're doing, you know this, you're a, you do a lot more retouching than I do, but you'll shoot plates. You'll just yep. shoot, you know, nobody sitting there but you'll shoot a huge bracket so that if you need to pick up a blade of grass from someplace or a, or a sky piece or a whatever yeah you have it yeah yeah um because once you leave you don't have it anymore so you know that you it you're covered when i'm shooting with you know the large format meh it's going to be what it is and that's what it's going to be and when i'm done it's i'm done i walk away and there's four sheets of film exposed and that's it. If they're out of focus or they're overexposed, they're out of focus and overexposed. Yep. Oh, well. Yeah. I also don't do this for clients. Right. Because that's would just ruin for it. me. Yeah. It, it's, I find it ironic, you know, you talking about in the beginning where you said, oh, when we used to shoot film professionally, commercially, it was about getting the safe shot because we needed to get the thing done. Yeah. And photographers who shot film, they would buy bricks and bricks of the exact certain, same emulsion. Exactly. For it's like, sure. I want, I want, you know, this set, I, you know, that they cooked in March of 98. I want bricks of it. Cause I know how it reacts and yep. it's going to be that way. Right. Well, that's what we, we would also do a test. You know, I would right. buy, 
I was shooting the RZ. I didn't really do large format much. I did medium format. So I would shoot the RZ. I'd buy. Had a nice kachunk, the 6.7. Ah, it's still awesome. <laughs> you still have it? Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. I used to own one of those. It's 150 awesome. millimeter, 3.5, I think it was. I have a 3.20 now, too, which on that camera is crazy. But anyway, so I would buy five bricks of film at a time to do exactly like yeah. you're saying. Wait, how many rolls in, in, in one of those? Nah, that's a good question. I don't know. 10, and that's 20? eight shots a roll on that camera? 10. 10? Right. So you chew through it fast. Uh, I'd shoot 50 rolls of film on a job. Wow. Yeah. It was an all-day job. Well, sure. Wrong. And you're shooting people moving or something. You just Because, again, you can't see. There's no very – right. you're, not, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not sure you got it. Yeah, you got to overshoot because, yeah, who knows. Yeah. It, 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 and we'd also shoot, you know, multiple shots per uh, look – so to yeah. speak. And then I would test, you know, I'd do a clip test, make sure that I was close on, on everything. And then I would run every other roll. I wouldn't run the whole batch because what if the lab screwed it up? Right. That's happened. Oh, right, 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 <laughs> a right. A lot. Yeah. So I'd, you know, take two, four, and six, and I'd run those. And then if they came back good, then I'd run three, one, three, and five or something. You know? Yeah. And who knows? Maybe those could come out bad. Yeah, or you never know. You know, they uh, or we'd get done and be like, "Yeah, that's the shot, good," and then not even bother running the rest. Just throw it in the trash. Really? Yeah. It's but but it, the irony of it is that for for decades, professional photographers who were shooting film were trying to constrain film and make it accurate and lock it down and have control over it, mm-hmm. and would do all the things they could possibly do to do that. Now, Perfect. when you talk to people who are photographers and they're shooting film, they're shooting film for all of those flaws, for the variability, I for f- the unknown, for the, you know. All the film I'm using now is outdated by 30 years. Exactly. Imagine, 40 years. I mean, you would Jeez, never, I just bought some that, that expired in 1948. I mean, that kind of unknown 30 years ago, you would, I'm not touching that film. No way. I need to know exactly <laughs> what it is. No way. Right. Not for a job. I mean, right, I sure. shot tons of outdated film, but. Not outdated by 50 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, 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 you're shooting five by seven. Mm-hmm. As I recall, because your brother-in-law? Yeah. Is that who it was? Exactly. What, what was the story behind that? He, he, uh, he went to RIT and he, he's a, he's, uh, he grew up in a family of, uh, his father's also a photographer and videographer and, and uh, Tim is a VFX artist and now he teaches at a college in, in, uh, North Carolina. Um, but he is, uh, an old time film guy, man, alternate, alternate processing. You know, he's, he knows more than I will ever know about film, <clears throat> about probably photography in general, actually the history of it, and everything else. I don't really know much of anything. Yeah. Um, but he is a junkie. He is amazing. And he brought his, he was shooting paper negatives, um, and brought this thing to a Christmas visit one year, um, his 8x10 camera, and set it up in, in the hallway and took a picture of uh, me and I think his son was with me sitting on my lap or somewhere around there. And, you know, you have to hold still. So obviously that wasn't working out so well. But, but I just sort of watched him with this process. And for people who don't know, a paper negative is basically you're taking the paper that you would normally print the negative on and using it as a negative in a film holder. And then you process that. It's a whole process. Um, 
It's pretty cool, though. Um, but again, you're looking at ISO numbers of like six or yep. 12. Sure. Uh, you know, they're not very sensitive. Paper's not that sensitive. Um, so watching him do that and seeing the results and seeing the coolness of, of uh, you know, it developing and, and checking this all out, I just got, I don't know, it kind of took me back again. And I was like, I got to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this a little bit. So what I decided I was going to do was um, use the monochrome, the Leica monochrome, and print and make myself um, digital negatives. Yeah. Do contact prints? And do and do a contact print. Sure. Um, so you platinum print, or palladium, or were you actually just going to do normal? No, it's platinum palladium. Okay. Um, I don't know why I try all these crazy things, but yeah. this, you know. Those heavy metals are nothing, expensive man. now. Ah, they're still very expensive for sure. Yeah. But they're so cool. Come on. Yeah. Um, just for the, for those of you who don't know how this works, you get, you get this uh, formulation that has the heavy metal in it and you, you paint it onto a piece of paper. You expose the paper or you I'm sorry. You put the negative down on the paper, you expose it to UV light mm-hmm. and then you process it sort of in a similar way to an old dark room for sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. Only it's not sensitive to our yeah. light. Right, right, right. So you can do it in daylight. Yeah. Which really is pretty matter. awesome. Yeah. Which is awesome. Um, also easier because now you don't really need to do like the whole darkroom setup. Yep. You need a couple of trays and a UV light. How are your results the sun. doing that? Um, good. Uh, although making the negative part was the hard part. Yeah, getting the tone curve right on the negative is, yep. is supposedly the, the real it, trick. It's a trick. Yeah. It's a big, everyone trick. gets their own little, comes up with their own formula. They don't like to share. Yeah. No, well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. Was it Not feedback everyone. loop kind of thing? So you, you, you come up with one, you print it and you go, Oh, it's too light in the, in the shadows. All right. I got to well, change the curve. There's a formula for it before you even get to that. Okay. Um, actually, if you look at, uh, three lumens.com, which is okay. my, my blog part that I started with this whole thing, you can see a, uh, part of Tim and I in the dark room shooting a, uh, uh, test strips, kind of? uh, a test yeah, it's like a test strip. You could still do it the old-fashioned way, with like a test strip, if you yep, wanted to. With a stepped thing. Yeah, yeah. with a stepped thing. We were, I was shooting a chart that did every single shade from solid white to solid black. And then I would, I would then scan that, bring that into the computer, select the colors. Uh, yeah, Find whatever. the points on the curve, move them up there. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. Wow. Yep. And then print the negative and then go through the whole process, which also – when you're doing the platinum, you, you have, you know, like five drops of platinum and five drops of palladium sure. or whatever the, the combination is that you want to go with. But each time you change that, guess what? The curve changes. <laughs> the curve changes. The paper. If, yeah. the pa- if you use a different kind of paper, yep, the curve changes. It's, Everything changes it's every interesting time. interesting because that level of that kind of photography is very much... Um, scientific and objective and very particular, right? Yeah. Man. You know, like you can dial and I'm it not in. that guy. Well, that's, that's exactly what I was going to ask is yeah. that wh- wh- where's Tim the is satisfaction for you? Um, cause I can be that guy, but I don't question. generally think of you as that guy. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know why I was obsessed with it. Um, and did, I'm, did you fulfill the obsession? Did, did, it, did you get where you wanted to go? I'm still not that good at printing it. Right. No. Is Tim? He's way better at than it, at it than me. Yeah, yeah. I wish yeah. I, I'm not sure what his Instagram is, um, but if anybody's interested, man, he's definitely the one to to take a look yeah. at. He's actually done a couple of 
He's been working on books. I think he's working on a show now. How'd you decide on using old film? Because you use old, super old expired film from the Well, 40s this is the 50s. thing. Until I saw him do this, I had no intentions of shooting actual film. Right. And doing this with film. None. Zero. So I, all the contact printing stuff happened before. The least before. thing I ever wanted to do was, was go back to shooting film. Right. Um, but for some strange reason... You got sucked into it. <laughs> I got sucked into it again. It was a crazy thing, but yeah, it's it's how it kind of. How's your wife feel about that? Um, she's cool with it. Yeah, <laughs> it keeps keeps me out of her hair. Yeah, she's just like whatever, Ken. Just go down and play with your stuff. Exactly. It's like you know, just just go downstairs and and uh, vanish for a little while. Do you find his art his thing? Oh, yeah. Tim Bowman, right? Tim, yep. All right. We'll have to. Oh yeah, look at that. That's pretty cool stuff. He has some cool stuff there, but he. He understands the principle. He knows the whole thing. Right. I, right. I wing it, honestly. Did, did, now, I'm a trial and error kind of person. With your job where you're going, you're working a lot, you're working some nights, you're working during the day sometimes, you're, you know, you also have shot, you, shoot the, the, you do a lot of work for Macy's, you shot the, the, the parades, which is a whole other thing. What's that mm-hmm. like, shooting the, the parades parade. are awesome, man. Um, You're usually on the road walking with the parade, or you? I, I am not. I slu- I shoot all the celebrities and all the performances. Okay. So I'm I'm stuck on 34th Street right at at the, the end. At the end. Okay. Yeah. Right where all the big performances happening. <laughs> but you hire that's, other people who do right. walk the walk. Yeah. 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 I usually have somewhere in the neighborhood of ten guys working. Okay. Well, guys, I'm guys, girls. Doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. and you do the, the you shoot the windows, which seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, I've never the gotten to come because awesome. that seems. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, how how wide are these things? It. They're thirty, forty feet. Uh, the the glass itself is like twenty two to twenty five feet wide. So but, you're and you can't go doing, back too far. We're doing a gigantic V, so we're easily in the forty to fifty a foot velvet or duvetine or something of black. Yeah, right. Because you need to keep the you got to kill the reflections. Yeah. And it's usually 16 to 20 feet high. Really? Yeah. And and how wide of a lens? Uh, I use the Nikon 14 to 24. And uh, do the cops give you crap or do you guys get permits to do that? Um, it's Macy's. <laughs> they, they they let you get away with stuff? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and they know I you're doing Macy's it for them. I have Macy's and I clear it with the Macy's crew yeah. in advance. I know all the people there. I've been working there with them for close to 20 years, if not 20 years already. Right. Um, so I have the security people's numbers and I have the electrician's numbers. Let me call John. John will take care of this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and honestly, we don't even get there until after 11 o'clock at night. So there must be every once in a while some crazy person walks by and every what once in a while, you mean almost doing? every week. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Claude and I have seen some crazy, because Claude has been doing this with me a long, 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 long time. Yeah. And he has, we've seen some crazy stuff. S- especially with the windows. Crazy. Yeah, all, mostly with the windows. Interesting. People will lick the glass. <laughs> Wait, yeah, that's a good question. Do you have to, do you have people go clean the outside of the glass before you do it? The yeah, day we before do. the day of or whatever? Well, I, I asked them to, the, the crew that yeah. manages Listen, I'm shooting tonight. Visual. Can you clean the windows today? Yeah, I have them, I, I. I have them do it, but still, even by the time we get there at, at 11 o'clock at night, people have, you know, pressed their hands up against the window, you know, to look in. Do you go and, in and clean? And I, um, I clean the outside at that point. Will you go up and yeah. Oh, there's a handprint. Go yeah. get some Windex. Yep. We bring Windex, paper towels and clean oh, it all man. up on, on a rare occasion that there's something crazy. Like I've had, um, you know, every now and then, you know, some, 
hot glue will let go and something will fall down inside the window. Oh, so, yeah. well, the store's closed. Everything's closed. Everyone's gone home. The difference is I know how to get in. <laughs> you go I have the- credentials. <laughs> So I can actually go to the. Where is the window openings? Where they're they? all through the store, but really? they're all hidden. Oh, really? It's yeah, like you behind wouldn't... this rack. You yep. pull this out, and it's a door, and you yep. walk through. Yeah, but because I've been there so long, I know where most of them are. If if something crazy crazy happens, I'll go through security. I'll ch- do my check in process. Yeah. I'll yeah. go down. I'll fix it, and then I'll go back outside and take the picture. So if there was a diehard like scenario at the thirty fourth Street Macy's, you'd know where to hide and and and. I probably could figure it out, yeah. <laughs> I probably could figure it out. How, or how, I'd know who to call to get me someplace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how much has being married and having a kid changed just the way you see all this stuff and wanting to go out at night and stuff? I mean, has it, does, does it, has it made you think about the kind of stuff you want to shoot or, or the kind of jobs you get? Or It definitely makes me want to stay home more. Yeah. Or close, so to speak. Sure. As opposed to like going across the country for... A week or something, right? Know, or two weeks, or three weeks, or a month, or whatever. The sort of classic older person. This yeah, isn't of course. Worth the time yeah, it's, and, it's and just energy. you know responsibilities. Getting older, you know, you you um, like I said before, when I was twenty something, going out and doing you know, going out to the clubs at night and then getting up and going to work was no problem. Yeah, literally no problem. You could do it. Right. Uh, I can't do that now, so I don't. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, if so, if I have to go someplace now, it's it's a job. I mean, it's it's literally a job. I rarely do things like that for pleasure. Not to say I don't, but definitely not like we used to do. Where do you think your work's going? In the sense that, what kind of stuff do you want to make that you're not making? We were talking before because I, I I I got my butt handed to me by a retoucher friend of mine last yeah. week. Yeah. And That's it was cool, amazing. Though. It was, you know, it was like, oh, you're doing this all. I'm pretty good at this. You are pretty good at it, but, dude. But, <laughs> you're but, far better than me. But my friend Gabby basically told me I was doing everything wrong, which was amazing because she's way better than learn. me. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, playing tennis with a better tennis player. Yeah, for sure. Who's the better, better tennis player for you? Oh, man, everyone is. <clears throat> I can learn something from everyone. I, I learn stuff from, from watching your pictures all the time. Yeah, does it, does it feel that way, or is it is it is it a conscious thing of oh, that's interesting the way that person did that, and and let me think about it this way, or is it just osmosis? It's hard to. I mean, I'm, it's going to sound terrible, but it's really hard to impress me now. I've yeah. seen so many pictures, I've seen so many things. I'm not necessarily thrilled by most of it. Yeah, but I can still find something cool in. I mean. I, I don't really want to name names, but I, there's a fairly famous person that whose work we all loved growing up, who now is still working, but I thought most of it looks not great. Right. Not even good. And Because um, they're doing the same thing they always did or because they're- Just the style difference. Good. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. It just doesn't, it's not the same. However, I can still look at it and go, man, that's good work. Right, right, right. It's right, just right. not work that yeah. I like. It's competent- I don't find it. It's objectively well done. It's Other not people subjectively like it. They're still being to hired to shoot covers of really large magazines that you all know. Yeah, um, but it doesn't interest me at all. I think it's boring and bland and, frankly, underexposed times ten. And right. and I don't like it. But that's just me. Obviously, that works for some other people. Um, 
I just found that, you know, for me, I can still find that that looks good. It's just nothing that I'm impressed by. Not right. now. Um, and some of the stuff that I see, you just came out with this, the, the, was it chefs? Uh, the eating well stuff. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I thought that looked great. Thank you. After hearing you speak about like, you know, talking about running around the, the country, country yeah, and yeah. Run around, you know, and yeah. then finally seeing the pictures cause you didn't let the cat out of the bag until oh, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, Exactly. Right. But, but finally seeing it, I was like, oh man, those are cool. It's really good. That was really good work, man. I Thank mean, you. how nice often job. do you look at your own work and say, oh yeah, this is cool. I nailed it. Or, oh, I took it up a notch. It's hard. Does it feel like oh, it's the same old thing of the same old thing? I, I have a hard time looking at anything right away and going, oh yeah, that's great. Every now and then you'll get something and you'd be like, oh shit. Man, that's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty whoa, good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I have to like, I have to kind of bury it for a while and come back. Because, do you think it's because of the, what your clients are expecting and what you're trying to give them in the same way that early in the conversation talking about, oh, we, we needed to get the safe shot on the film because we needed to get the shot. A do you feel like still there's a job? Right. Yeah, for sure. I don't try and make art out of a job. I right. try to I try to deliver what the client's expectations are. Do you think that changes now? Do you think that they want us to push the boundaries, or do you think they want what they've seen? We well, depends do on how much of their neck is actually on the line. Yeah, yeah. I think the best way to go about the whole thing now is to get the shots that you know they want or need, require whatever the word is, and then and then push the envelope a little bit and, and, you know, take the subject in a different direction and see if something cool comes of it. Yeah. Get the safe stuff and then yeah. play around if I you mean, have time. That's kind of what we used to do before too, but with film, you never knew. Yeah. So you never, you had, can't guarantee you had the safe stuff either. Yeah. So you just shot the hell out of the safe stuff. And by the time you were done, the clients like the, the subject is like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, I'm your, sick and tired. Your of this. ten minutes are done. I've been flashed for ten minutes. I'm good. I'm going home. How do you how do you deal with subjects? Are you are you? Uh, I'm always hyper conscious of, and I think maybe this was you know having an alcoholic father or whatever it is. I I'm empathetic to the person. I have almost too much empathy for the subject to where I'll be shooting them and I'll feel that they're getting a little tired or they're kind of over it. Mm-hmm. And other photographers would be just I'm just keep shooting the hell with the person. You know what I mean? I, I need to get what I want. I can't worry about their feelings. Me, I'm, I feel, I'm a little bit of you oh, too. I, I kind of, they seem like they're kind of over this. Maybe I should, Oh yeah, I guess we have it. I, I am fast and furious. I, when I, I don't waste a whole lot of time shooting. I, especially if you have a two or three minute window where Beyonce's standing there that, you know, that you have to get the thing you need to get. Cause they're your boss or whatever. I want know. her to be as comfortable and as quick as possible. Yep. And let's face it. She, in, in the circumstances that I'm shooting, it's not a private setting. Yep. Um, there's there, her publicist standing there. Everyone's standing there. Yeah. They're all waiting. They're like, can we go? Can we go? Yeah. Can we go? Did we get this one thing that we have to do on this checklist of 30 things today? Precisely. And it's, it's usually not an art shot. It's, it's a publicity shot. I'm not trying to get a magazine spread. Yeah. That's You're recording that she was there at that time doing that thing. Yeah. So I literally go in and bah, 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 bah. I'm done. Yep. That's it. It's over. Yeah. And if I have is that to, satisfying to you? Um, nah, not always. It's a job, but it's not always what I would call satisfying. Sometimes it's amazing. I, I like, um, I would much prefer 
following them around for two hours. Yeah, sure. But that's that's hard to do too. I mean, you know, it's very difficult. I have done it with her. I've done it with lots of lots of people. But you know, yeah, it is. It still is what it is. You still need to get the shot of them holding the product, looking good. Yeah. And I'm not there to make anyone look bad. I'm I, there to make them look good. So I I try and and get that across first. That listen, I'm not here to provide a bad picture. Um, my yeah. client won't allow it. You won't allow it. Yeah. I don't want it. it makes me. Look I'm not bad. trying to get a gotcha. I'm not right. Paparazzi. I'm not. I'm just trying to I'm, get a nice shot of you. Precisely. And and a lot of these people. I mean, they're all they're very cool. So they get used they you, they they get used to being pushed and pulled. When you tell them that you're actually on their team, they kind of like it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then they're they're very cool. So I get I get to see things and do things. With some of them that, you know, probably doesn't happen every day, but. Is, is there, is there some of these people that you shoot where you're supposed to have a minute and a half and then it ends up just being a fun thing and they end up hanging out with you for 20 minutes? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hung out with Steven Tyler for hours. Yeah. <laughs> I literally supposed to take a picture of him and leave. Yeah. Um, but Let he. Let me to tell you a story about Steven Tyler off mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, he. Very, very cool guy with yeah. me. Um, yeah. We sort of, I mean, I, I kind of look like musician. So I guess he, he, uh, and I've met him before. Maybe he associated the two things. I don't know, yeah. but, um, we immediately hit it off and, and it, he was really cool with it. It also, for he also let me know straight ahead what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable. Right. <laughs> and that oh, was yeah? it. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. He, he, I look better from here. Don't try to you yeah, know, let me I, know when you're taking pictures. I don't want to do this. I don't, this is cool. Anything else, whatever. Yeah. If I give you the look, don't do it. Yeah. It's simple. There are those people for one of the shots for, for that magazine. I, I, didn't, show you. See, I didn't see the print version. I uh, only saw the... Where I shot, I shot this Tom Colicchio guy. Right? Oh yeah. I know Tom. Right. Nice guy. Super nice guy. But or, uh, chef, he comes in. Okay. We were waiting for him. We were supposed to have 45 minutes with him. He shows up. He's, you know, 15 minutes later, whatever it is. He comes in, he signs his model release. All right. Where do you want me? Okay, right over here. Okay, you want this shot? You want that shot? You want this? You want ah, that? Pick had, up the he knife. I want thing. He knew ex- it's like yeah. he has what he has. And then I brought him in the other, brought him against the wall. Shot, 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 shot. Brought him in the other room. Shot, shot, shot. Which is what this is. And I think we spent 13 minutes. I think shooting, where I was supposed to get 45. Now I had planned for 45. Luckily, I had sort of overplanned and knew. I said, you know, we're going to shoot here. Then to my assistant, we're going to pick up. We're going to go over here. You move this light while I'm shooting this. All right. Then we're going to go in the other room, handheld or whatever. Um, that it was fine. But I got out of him what he wanted me to get out of him. Yeah, that's what I get 90% of the time. I'm, you know, I didn't have enough time with him to get something that he wasn't going to give me. Right. Or he wouldn't have given anybody. Right. I mean, I'm good with light. I'm a competent photographer. I can get maybe the best version of or a good version of what he's trying to give me. Right. But- I wanted the I wanted the extra special picture that he hasn't given anybody else, and you don't get that in 13 minutes. You do not. You don't get that in, in 45 minutes. You can't guarantee that, right? You can't right. guarantee the. Well, the, I mean, some people can. Some people are provocative. They okay. know questions to ask. Okay, they know how to draw out a response that they want. Yeah. Do you uh, think some you, people you, are really? You know good? some of these these things. Sure. You've, you've read about them. You've yeah. watched the yeah. videos on them. Was Joe like that? 
Uh, no, Joe's Joe's fantastic. He just schmoozes them and yeah, Joe can get can get responses out of people, but not in a negative fashion. I'm talking about the people who yeah ne- yeah yeah necessarily yeah. get yeah they want to get they want to get the response. Like when I when I'm doing uh, some of the stuff with celebrities at, at Macy's for a product we're launching, um, after I get my my time with them. <clears throat> they go down onto the selling floor and they have a stage set up and that's when all the wire people there, all the other people are there and they're all, and they're screaming at yeah. these people. Like if, if Joey, Joey, yeah, if yeah, Gaga's there, they are screaming at them. Now, if they have like Gaga's name is not Gaga, they'll start screaming her name or they'll scream to see if she reacts to see if she'll react and or they'll start screaming something else or you know something that's maybe not so nice they'll just start yelling it to get a response that god that kind of gets, photography is so uninteresting to me it's it's offensive like that's the it new- makes me feel uncomfortable absolutely um and i'm standing right beside them so th- they're looking at me going, and i'm like listen this has nothing to do with me Right. Uh, this is not what I want. I don't want this. I Sometimes don't, it's hard to separate yourself from that. Yeah. Luckily, most of the time in that instance, they've already met me backstage or green yeah, room yeah. or something like that. So they, they kind of know that, guess what? I am not that person. And sometimes if they do see that, they'll just look straight down in the center at me. Yep. And I'm not going to give them anything. I'll give it all to you. Yeah. And it's not bad for you. No, it's not bad for me at all. Um, it does piss everybody else off, but yeah. Um, but you know, there's a couple of guys like that. Some of the Getty photographers, Jamie and Demetrius and all these guys, they don't do that. They, they know how to get, they make eye contact. These people know and trust them and they, they get the shot every single time. They don't have to yell and scream and try and do all that crazy stuff. Yeah. They yell their name and you know, Hey, look down front, you know, house photographer, I'm right here, you know, that kind of thing. But do you think reputation is still a big part of this? Um, for for that situation, I think it does. Yeah. yeah. And these people are around enough that they know the people who are the pros. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely know. Yeah. People know Jamie. They know Demetrius. They know a couple of the, the Getty guys who, who have been there for decades who do not screw them over. Right. On purpose. They yeah. just don't do that. I don't understand that whole side of photography. I don't know. I don't know why... Uh, the, the paparazzi thing, you know, it's not what it used to be, first of all. So I guess they're all trying to compensate for their paychecks somehow. Yeah. Um, so I guess they, they, that's the only way they can make it happen. Where, you know, back when it was film, obviously not many people could do it. Long lenses were really hard to navigate. You didn't know if you got the shot. So if you got a shot, you, it was win. Now everyone got a phone or something. And, yeah. and I guess the competition is pretty fierce. That's also why I don't really do much wire stuff at this point in my life either, because you know, how much you get Yeah, a couple of dollars here. The stuff that you shoot for say Macy's or a lot of these clients, you own any of the rights to it? I keep all the rights. Most, almost everything. It's an embargo period of some kind. Um, can you resell that stuff? Like if you had a picture of Gaga from 2014, could you sell that to people magazine if they called you today? Yeah, I could. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Is that, yeah. Is that, is that a big part of how much of, how much is of usage is 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 your business? Um, I not much. I don't, not much. Okay. No, I don't re. I don't. Not a lot of licensing. Um, I still do have stuff with companies in Europe and things like that 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 license things. But I mean, 
<laughs> 15 cents. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. when, um, uh, man, who's the DJ that just died? Uh, oh, uh, Avisi. Yeah. Um, I had a, a picture that just sold after right when his death was. And I had a, in Europe, like a half a dozen pictures sold and the whole thing didn't make $6. <laughs> Just not that much. No. Nope. Doesn't add up. No. Nope. People used to make a living out of that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, there still are people that do it. I don't know how, but I also am not feeding the beast. Um, I think- You're not putting up 15 pictures a day up on nope, Alamy or whatever. I am not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't put pictures up in years, actually. You, you also shot booze. You've shot your fair amount of bottles and that kind of stuff, still life uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. You I enjoy think, that? I love it. I love it. Because Drink, of the meticulous nature awesome. of it? Yep. You a big drinker? Um. I enjoy, you know, whiskeys and rums and I'm not a big beer guy. I enjoy beer now and then, but, um, meh. Some people get into that stuff because they're beer lovers or booze lovers. Yeah, I'm not that far into it. I mean, I enjoy a drink. If I have a drink in a night, I'm usually pretty good. If I have two, (laughs) it's it's a good night. If I have three, it's a bad day. He's on his fourth drink right now, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. (laughs) But it's all been coffee, which is awesome. You got any, uh, you got any, have you ever heard any good advice from somebody that, that you generally pass on? <laughs> Try not to burn bridges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, dude. How many times have you, have you looked around and this, and our industry is pretty small. Yeah. It's not that big. Nope. Like I see the same people shooting all over. You know, if you're if you're gonna screw with one, they're gonna know. And the same thing goes with with these celebrities and stuff. You know, they you, they're getting they're getting pummeled by you know ten different photographers hitting them with flashes all at the same time. But don't think they don't know what's going on. They know exactly what's going on. Their publicists are checking whose tagline is what, and the people who are screwing them over, they're gonna know. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, this is usually an invitation. That's so you don't have, they don't have to let you there. That's one of the reasons why I'm never, I'm rarely sort of uh, push my subjects because I want them leaving thinking, oh, that was a really great experience. Yeah. Some, most times that's the case. And sometimes you just can't help it. Yeah. You have to do it. I shot somebody last year and I took pictures of another photographer and I, I, I left and she was kind of a known person and I left and my wife called me and said, hey, how did it go? And I said, I don't know what just happened. Like, it was yeah. just not, like, I can talk to anybody. Yeah, and no it was job. like I was talking to a brick wall. And I just walked out and thinking, hmm. and it really kind of shook me for a minute. And then I realized ultimately that some people are just on the other side of the circle from you. You know, they're on the other side of the globe. Mm-hmm. And they're just a different kind of person. And you're just never going to click with them. Never going to happen. You do the best you can. There's going to be the people who are going to be your best friends after you shoot them. And there's going to be the people who are completely forgettable. I walked into um, a job one time and um, this, I forget who, what the girl's name is, but she does um, like these, I don't know if it's tin type or wet plates. Okay. She got pretty famous with it and she was hired to do like this of, of just people that would come into this room. It was for a job. I think it was. It was one of the booze brands. Big, big thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, everybody's like, oh, have you gone up to see whoever this is? And I, and I was like, no, I, where are they? They're like, oh, well, you have to go up these steps around the back and in this back room and there'll be a whole nother thing. So I go up there and I 
boom, you open up into this room. It's a whole nother thing. And I'm like, oh, wow. Immediately somewhat intimidated. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, man, do I even want to introduce myself? You know, because this doesn't look like an easygoing thing. But they wanted me to get some shots of her working as, as, you know, behind the scenes sort of thing to include in the, in the annual report or what have you. So I, I went up and I introduced myself. It couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. Couldn't have been nicer. Even what is like, do you want to get one of these? You know, should I do a shot of you and this kind of thing? And I'm like, eh, you know, you have a line of clients right now. Yeah, deal with <laughs> I am the last person that you need to be concentrating yeah, yeah. on. So I said, but could I, could I work this a little bit? You know, what, what power are, are the, and she was shooting this, these old wet plates, which are like my stuff, ISO nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the strobes were yeah. wicked. 9,600 yep. watt second, pow. Massive. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, what is, what is your exposure so I can get close and get like you and, and everybody working? And she's like, oh, it's this. And I said, I don't think my lens goes that high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I need you at F32 yeah. at whatever, at ISO 50 at yeah. best. Yeah, yeah. Not, not yeah. ISO six or three. Right, right. But you can't yeah. do that. I mean, I'm saying, yeah, like we, limits, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For us, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, we did the best we could, but she was so awesome. Yeah. The whole experience was great. But, you know, walking into the room, I could not have thought that way. It's, you know, it's a different thing that a lot of people <laughs> don't think about. I mean, you as a musician, musicians are naturally, by definition, collaborative. You know, there's this thing of, oh, man, you play drums? Oh man, yeah. we should play together sometime. Like that's, that's the thing, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Photographers is not like that. It's one-on-one. It's, there's a lot more clashing. It's, it's a I mean, dog eat dog world. Exactly. For yeah. us. It's so not like, like I always, I always, um, sort of wish that I would have been more into the film world where there's like this union, if you will, yep. of people who, and they're not, I mean, I don't get the feeling like they're out to kill each other. Yeah, they're all kind of a big family. Like yep. once you're in the union, you're in the family. Yep. We're going to work a production for 18 months or whatever yep. it is. And yeah. And each other is not trying to stab each other every minute of the right, way to right. steal their clients. All of the photographer friends that I have, most of them are not doing what I do. You know what right. I mean? They're not, they're not magazine portrait people. Right. Because well, there's not many of those left. True. Yeah. But you know, it's like, I'd be clashing with them if, if I was, cause we'd be fighting for the same stuff. You, know? you would, but you wouldn't. You have a very distinct look. I mean, look what you're doing. You're you're making you're doing quite well making nice pictures with with all of this these things. You know, people are going to hire you because they know that sixteen hundred. You're going to make it happen. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, this could not have happened when I started. Right. Yeah. Look how clean it is. Yeah. There's like no light in that room. Mm-hmm. I used to shoot. I warmed um, up a beauty dish against tungstens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it looks fantastic though. I used to do um, Fuji press film, which was 800 and I'd bump that to 1600 and it would not have looked like that. No, no. It would have looked cool, but it would not have looked like that. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. This thing we have. And we were, and I I would have had to gel everything and then hope that it was actually right. Yeah. Where I can just look on the back. (laughs) Where you could look on the back or drop a little, drop a little uh, color checker in there. And I would be like, I guess that's right. I think that's right. I have a color meter here. It says that's right. What is right anyway, Kent? Well, I mean, we used to gel entire windows and rooms. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Gel everything just to to try and shift everything to tungsten as opposed to to trying to shift everything. feels like we shift everything towards daylight now where it used to be shifting everything towards tungsten. 
You know, the funny part is when I go in and do some of these events, I still shift everything towards tungsten. Oh yeah, yeah. I put I put tungsten gels on the flashes, and I shift everything to tungsten. It's uh, Claude has a very strong view that tungsten makes skin look better. Yeah, as long as it's not shot with daylight film. Yeah, I'm not I'm not wholly sold on that theory, but but it's you really know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I didn't grow up in that world, right? I wasn't shooting film and tungsten film and warming it up or, or, you know, like that's, oh, yeah. that's a movie thing, right? Like, we did 81 A's on everything. First yeah. Time. Yeah. See, that's you, just what it was. You, it's so fascinating. You straddle multiple worlds of photography. I got into this after it already shifted. Oh yeah. Fully so. to digital. You know, I've, I've got a like M4 here. I've got a Hasselblad. I've got a four by five, you know, Cambo, but those are to, not toys, but they're toys. You know what I mean to me? I mean, yeah. they're tools, but like, I don't use them professionally. Even I could, but I just don't. It's just, you certainly could use, use the Hasselblad. Yeah. Shoot I know. some, some Chrome film on there. You'd be, maybe we'll do that after lunch. That's the crazy thing, man. I always, I always wanted a Hasselblad. I never bought one. You know, cheap I, I, I went and actually bought, the price is going up. I think mine, I could sell for more than I bought it for. Yeah. I mean, at one point the 500, you could get for 450 bucks. Yep. Now they're and, like twelve, thirteen hundred. Yeah. Now they're back up. I paid eight hundred. I think you can thank the hipsters. You're kind of a hipster. <laughs> you're the one with. You're the you one with kind the of thank me. I don't care. Film and the, the, the <laughs> I am part of the problem. <laughs> All right. If sure. uh, if people want to get a hold of you, you got an Instagram or something. I have an Instagram at KM Studio. All right. You and, like the studio, uh, Kent thing? Miller? Uh, you know, this is another thing. Kent Miller Photography the branding. Now. Kent Miller Photography is now the, the new website where it used to be Kent Miller Studios. Both are still active. Um, but a rep friend of mine said, you know, you got to ditch the studio part and just go with what you do so that it's... And your so, work has tripled, right, since you made that change? Oh, yeah, it's completely, yeah. <laughs> 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 or, or not. Um, but, you know, it's all there. I still use the studio part um, for hiring everyone else. Yeah, I keep it sort of an umbrella thing. So if I hired, like, if I hired you to go do, shoot a job yeah, someplace, you'd pay me through the studio. It would still stuff. be through studios. Yeah, you're so fancy. I don't have a studio. No, I don't have it anymore. I rent now. Yeah, you used to, when I met you, you had a lot of space. Yeah, which place were? Did you see the 27th Street one? First day I met you actually was when you were still living on what 44th and 9th or something like that somewhere over 41st there. 41st and 10th. 41st First and 10th. Yeah. yeah, I I went to your apartment there. It was the first day I met you. I was scared of you. Oh, geez. You're very intimidating. You know, that's weird. Uh, I guess. I, I, I don't I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe people just built you up to be intimidating. Yeah, you're not the first person to say it, so maybe that's the case. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, it's so strange. I try not to be, though. I mean, I'm pretty easy. Not many I'm, people have studios anymore. That's a whole other thing. No. I mean, when I was with, with uh, I shared a space with two other people on, on uh, 27th Street. And uh, that was 4,000 square feet, and that was the best studio I think I've ever been part I've of. I've been there. That's where I shot you on the back porch. Yes. Fire escape. Yes. Yes. One of my favorite pictures ever, by the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Of you or just in general? <laughs> of me. One of my favorite pictures that have been taken of me. Yeah, you look good in that picture. Yeah. You and Joe McNally are, and, and a couple of my assistants have gotten some good shots, but not many people, really. Most, most things I don't I don't really think I've ever actually met Joe on a personal level. I mean, oh, no. I think I've shook his hand, you know, at an event or whatever it is, but I've never actually sat down and talked to him. Super great guy. Yeah, I got to figure that out. I actually even did my wedding. Really? Yeah. How did those pictures look? Amazing. I'd imagine they would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> back then, what was it, a D2X? Or 
D, I don't remember, D2X or D3 yeah. or something like that. Did but, he jealous strobes? Um, no, it was that we were outside. So oh, okay. he, uh, he did not. But it was really interesting to see his technique in flash compensation because he is different than the rest of us. He does everything with, with exposure compensation yep. in the camera. Um, so being able to look at the files and see how he dialed in the exposure, even though the camera was telling it one thing, he was tricking the camera in a yeah. different way. Well, that most program of us did or not. aperture priority and yeah. then shift it up or down. Yes. That's how I work too. Most of the time. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like if I'm, if, I did not do that. If I'm not using, usually when I'm not using strobes, if I'm using strobes, I usually really lock it down into, I don't want the camera shifting anything at all. Yeah, for like sure. Like I want it to be this. Yeah. So I, I have mean, consistency. I always did manual. And, but he and, was like, oh, I'll underexpose this and pop in the light or overexpose mm-hmm. and pop in the light or whatever. Yep. And the cool thing is, you know, with digital, you could see all that information. It's true. You could so, go mining metadata. And that's what I, I would be able to do. I could pop everything into Photo Mechanic and look at all the stats. I was like, holy shit, that's what he did? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean. And that's the way he thinks about it. That's you see the way he thinks way about he talks it instantly. About it. Yeah. He just, that's his style. You know, when you see him talk and he talks for an hour and a half, you know, about a single shot. And then mm-hmm. I did this. All right, here's a test. All right. And then we're going to look at this. All right. But he yeah. could do that if he had to in 30 seconds. In 30 The hour seconds. and a half of worth of yeah, stuff in 30 Yeah, for seconds. sure. Yeah, if you just watch, if he just goes about something, he can have a picture in, in no time. I mean, as far as that kind of picture. Yeah, the when thing he, that he does. When that he he's crafts doing. his pictures, of course, it's just like you and me. It takes all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he crafts the thing like a like a. Right, I'm going to have to become friends with Joe and have him on the show at some point. You should, man. He's awesome. All right, I'll have to, we'll have to figure that out. His stories are yeah, I know. endless. Yeah, that's, that's the fun with a guy like that is the yeah, stories. He's got stories. He's got stories that I never... I could never. He's been around the world so many times. He's just, he yeah. knows so much. Top of the Burj Dubai. He is. No, yeah, yeah, that's a story. <laughs> right there. All right, I'm going to give him a call. Yeah. Uh, let's go get some food. I'm hungry. You hungry? Let's do it, man. All right. Thanks, awesome. Ken. Thank you, sir.